Hello, welcome to Dragonfish or Rugby Pod. My name's Sean, as usual, and I'm joined by Mike. Hello, mate. You all right? Good, mate. Yeah. Good. Roasting, sweating, my tits off. <laughs> Thunderstorm where I am now, mate. Thunder and lightning. No, Still we've roast. yeah, absolutely yeah. roasting. We've we've just had we've just had all that loads of rain, and it's just got sweatier. If I'm honest, which is rats, but some complain when it's nice and warm because as soon as it gets cold, we'll start wintering again, won't we? So. Uh, the thing is, I'm going camping this weekend. All that the good weather's been, it's just going to piss down this weekend and ruin my weekend. I bet. Our fingers crossed it doesn't, mate. But it's not looking great, if I'm honest. <laughs> but hopefully the weather does change. Yeah, don't want to see you get you know flooded out anywhere. It would just be a. Uh, I can't like. So obviously, I'm going with uh, my missus and Maggie, uh, and the dog camping. And Helen's like not great when she's not sleep when she's not slept. Sorry. So if she doesn't sleep and it's raining, I'm just going to get it in the neck for the whole weekend. And then I'll have to deal with like my daughter as well and the dog. It's just going to be graft. Yeah. My overtime, my overtime at the weekend sounds awesome now, to be fair. Right? <laughs> I think I'm going to have a quiet one this weekend. I got pretty, um, pretty blatted on Saturday. I was in a bad way, to be fair. Sunday was a complete write-off. Yeah, you tried ringing me at like half eleven at night. Yeah, uh, I definitely was never going to answer that phone call. Yeah, I you out of mate. I could have been hurt or something. You were with Emma. Emma would have looked after you. Let's be honest, mate. I could have been hurt. <laughs> Emma look after me. Behave, behave. So you probably that's, to be fair. Emma took Emma took Sunday better than me. I was in. I was hanging out. I was in a. Yeah, you were baggage. So when I phoned you, you were baggaged. Yes, proper. Proper in a, in a shit state. Like it's a, it's like the first time I've been like out out proper drinking. I had a few drinks with you. I had to go home early because you you fucking were shites, weren't you? Definitely weren't pumped fit. And, uh, I've been out longer yeah. than you. I've been out since two mixed, o'clock. Mixed my drinks and stuff like that. Like um, yeah, it was uh, yeah, good time though. It was nice to be out out as everyone's been going on about. It was nice to be out out. He's got three, three ice, uh, three uh, fruit pastel ice lollies in one of the bars. Blinding, <laughs> blinding that like it was quality. You know, when you like he brought around the tray, and I was just like, I, like you did the look of how much is that, mate? And he must have, he must have read my mind. He was like, oh, don't worry, mate, don't have to pay the free. Give me that, and then sunshine, give me them, <laughs> and then end up in like an only fools and horses themed bar. Class, yeah, class. It was a good weekend. It's nice to uh, go out with the missus. So I think I'll have a quiet one this weekend. We'll see. Can always have, I can always be, you know, what I'm like on the path. I change my mind over everything. So, yeah. So, and so only a little bit of news this week. There's, there's sort of a bit of news. Well, we kind of have a little chat beforehand about it, but there was there's one bit that I didn't sort of, I didn't manage to say. But first one, the big glaring one uh, that probably quite a few people are talking about is the uh, the residency rule. They've uh, they've put it back. It was meant to go to. Five years from December the 31st, 2020, and it's now been pushed back to December 31st, 2021. So obviously that has changed the rules on eligibility. eligibility. Easy to say. Um, <laughs> for, for, for a few players, I know some Scottish fans are absolutely losing their minds over it. Um, what's his name again? 
Pierce Human. Pierce Human. Um, so, well, apparently there's there's, there's a, a South African tight head at the Ospreys who actually who actually uh, could qualify for Wales by November or something now. Yeah. Tom Bowser. I'm not sure how good he is, mind you, but most South Africans are decent scrummages and we're pretty short at tight head. I don't know whether they pick him. I think he's 30 now, so I don't think you know, he's not young. So you get you get you get the World Cup in, wouldn't he? Yeah, he probably would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I said I the, the Ospreys haven't been that great, so you know it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to judge whether he's a decent player. He could be like a really good scrummager just in a really bad team. Um. So yeah. I mean, obviously for Scotland, I mean that's just the like not thingy, but it's it's all getting to the point now. It's it's almost an embarrassment of riches at, at loose head because you got Schumann, you got Rory Sutherland, and then you've got Ollie Kebble becomes eligible as well this year um, for Scotland all loose heads. And then obviously they got still got Alan Dell who's kicking about, but you know realistically he's not gonna he's gone he's not gonna be um, yeah, probably. You know, yeah. Bar an injury, he's not going to be getting um, a look in ahead of them. I mean, Schumann, you know, he keeps Rory Sutherland out the Edinburgh team a lot of the time. And then, but now we're looking very thin on the on the other side at tight end because you've got obviously you've got Xander Ferguson and you've got um, WP Nell. But you know, WP Nell's probably got 32, 33 now. Yeah, he's so I don't know how much longer he's got. Yeah, and it's a bit slim pickings after that, but. You know, at the same time, I mean, at least you know the, the, our our front row now is 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 very very good, and there is actual depth there now. So yeah, very good. What what what's your what's your opinion on it, or what's your opinion on this whole residency foreigners playing? I suppose that it's one of them. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm ambivalent to it really. It doesn't it doesn't really. You know, obviously, if Scotland like progress out of it and do well out of it then you, you know I'm not overly bothered I mean obviously in our deal world if you were born in Scotland and raised in Scotland or whatever then you're Scottish and you play for Scotland and that's how it is but you know the rules are there those are the rules as long as you follow the rules then it is what it is Yeah it's a tough one because you know I mean Wales every country in the world the only teams the only teams I actually feel sorry for over it is South Africa and Argentina they don't get anyone <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think South Africa. The only person they got differently was uh, the beast. who was from Zimbabwe. Yeah. Was, what did Eddie Jones say about New Zealand? That was quite funny, though. He said, um, "Oh, to do with the Pacific Islanders." Yeah. Like, uh, oh. made a comment, didn't he? Basically, said something. They were like, I think they were talking about like. Billy playing for England and things like that, and he said something like, "Well, New Zealand have got the best feeder teams in, in the world." That's it, the best feeder teams. Yeah. Something along the line. Yeah. I was like, "I was actually quite funny for Eddie Jones." Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's one of them. It's like, I mean, if you look at Wales, Wales picked in the Six Nations just gone. They were they would have picked Halaholo, Johnny McNichols in the team. Hadley Parks has played in the team. Um, Anscombe. Although I, I always on the on the whole residency thing, I think if you've got, you know, if you've got a relative like a mother or something or a father or something, I do think you have some sort of connection. You might not have that big of a connection, but you know. So I think sometimes in that way, I think like players like Falatalo, Falatalo and Tualangi, they were like brought up in Wales and England as kids. So I don't really, I don't really count that yeah it's a funny one really because sometimes I think um, like John, Johnny McNichol I suppose when he first came over he was unsure he got asked you know would you stay and play for Wales and I think his thing was 
at first he was like, not really. I just, I don't think that's sort of the way to go. And then obviously he's, he's got set, he's got settled. I think he's he's had a kid over in, in at the Scarlets and stuff. So he signed a new contract. He's sticking around for the long run. I think if they're committed, I mean, it's one of them. I mean, I suppose what I'm saying is, I mean, you were just saying there, um, you'd have Sutherland, Ollie Kebble and Schumann. I don't know how people would feel if, you know, your first two, take, if Sutherland wasn't there, which I know, you know, it's, it's a thing, but would you, you know, how would you feel about two South Africans being your first choice, loose heads and things like that? Like, so, yeah. I mean, it's something you can yeah. talk about for eight. I mean, it's something we could, we could literally probably do a, a whole pod about because there's so much yeah, that well, goes on, isn't there? Yeah, Hadley Parks took a bit of grief for going over to Japan by some section. Ah, I know, place, didn't they? crazy. And it's like he's probably one. He what? Go on, go on, mate. Sorry. No, there you go. Me interrupting again. He was one of the most committed players for Wales in the last like four years, or whatever he's played. And I mean, he came. He he managed to get his residency quite a late stage in his career. I think he made his debut at twenty eight, maybe twenty nine. Yeah. So he's thirty two. I think the Scarlets are looking at it as in we could go and get a Johnny Williams and a Tyler Morgan, maybe for the same amount of money, younger, Zeller. And he's looking at it like, well, I could probably go and play Japan for two seasons and probably set myself up. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I didn't. I disagree with that. I think, yeah, there was a lot of people going, oh, come to Wales, get a few caps. You've stopped all these players coming through. Who's he stopped? It was stop like we we talk like Wales is centres, you know, are quite um were quite sure. He was he was pretty much keeping Scott Williams out of the Scarlet's team when they were together. So yeah. I think some of them do take it. I mean, as long I think my thing is as long as they're committed to it, it's it's fine for me. Yeah, same, same mate. But I suppose like you say, we we could probably do all part about it, but my my only other bit of news, which only came out today, there was um a prop played for for Wales a few years ago called Reese Thomas. Um, he had a he had a heart attack, I think, playing whilst playing a game or during training. Well, he's actually come out today and admitting he was taking drugs and stuff whilst playing for Wales. Yeah. But but it was he explains the whole thing. It's quite an interesting article. I'll send it to you actually because it is quite interesting. It's not like performance enhancing drugs. He was like basically. I'm going to assume out of his comments, he was sniffing, so he was on coke or something. And he was, he, he says about dodging the tests. So basically, you get given like um, like an hour in a day. They'll give you a date in an hour. So say they're going to come and see you on where tomorrow, so Thursday at three o'clock, between three and four. You've got to be in the house between three and four. And he said he got in from a night out at 10 to six. His thing was like half six and he, he says something like oh we've been out sniffing all night and I told the missus oh just don't answer the door let's just hide and what you apparently you, you get two misses if you miss two the two strikes and on the third one you get a ban but he also said he got tested he got tested and he was shitting himself and passed all the tests so it's obviously what they're testing for I don't know um but yeah, crazy story, crazy story. So like, yeah, apparently he said like he'd never done it. He'd never done um, performance enhancing drugs. 
But yeah, he was on the uh, he was on the old beak apparently, which is just crazy. How, like how he how he got away with it and stuff like that. Like, and I'm sure some people were like, oh, the Welsh coaches or whatever were were hiding him. You don't really hide from these people. You don't really hide from drug testers that long. Yeah, unless, unless you're in your house. I mean, if he was if he was in the Welsh camp, if he was getting tested in like the, the Vale of Glamorgan when they stay, there's not many places you know you, you're going to hide because they'll probably know where all the squad players are. But yeah, I thought it was quite a crazy story, really. On the beak while playing for Wales, Andy Powell. <laughs> You got any- we, have to watch, we have to watch out who listens to this pod now, mate. We'll get done for slander or something. Oh, I know, yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> My name's Zach. And the other lad's AC Slater. <laughs> yeah, you got any news, bud? No, that mine was it's a bit slim picking. So, my main thing I was going for was just because obviously I was buzzing about Pierce Schumann uh, being able to play for Scotland next year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, nothing else from me, actually. I'm a bit, bit busy as well as we, a bit preoccupied. So, uh, I've I kept uh, an eye out, but I think, like, uh, I think we've been saying this every week now. Everything's kind of uh, slowed up a bit. Yeah, I suppose the other bit of news I suppose, is that the obviously the Gallagher Premiership starts. Uh, from Friday night, so it'll be a bit more. There'll be rugby in the UK starting from Friday night. So uh, you watch every game as well this weekend, can't you? Uh, I, I want to, but well, it's not Yeah, if you realize, if you realize we're going out the weekend after, and that's when all the games are as well. Oh shit! Yeah. So we might have, we might have to watch the highlights. Yeah. That way. I'll just watch it. Just watch it on the Sunday. I think the one the one the Welsh derbies isn't played till the Sunday anyway. So anyway, right. So um, obviously we only just advertised the subject of what we're talking about tonight the other day because we were undecided last week. <laughs> we, we, we both had a mental uh, weeks last week, so um, you're a little bit uh, underprepared. So this week we're going to talk about Pivot and Townsend, Townsend and Pivot, basically the, the coaches for. Uh, Wales and Scotland. Uh, the way I see it, they're, they're sort of different stages of the careers internationally. Anyway, um, you've got a coach who's just coming in, who's well, hasn't even finished, hasn't even finished the tournament yet, unfortunately. And obviously, you've got Townsend, who's been in since 2017. Yeah, summer 2017. Yeah. So obviously, he's had uh, he's had a World Cup and one, two, two and a. Almost three Six Nations, isn't it? And obviously Orton Test. So he's 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 obviously been around for a good few years. He's had a, he's had a, he's almost had a full World Cup cycle. Uh, well, not really. Yeah, not really. Actually, for two years. So obviously, to me, they're they're at different stages. Um, with Pivac, obviously, we've only got one, two, three, five games to to judge him on. Um, and obviously, that's what we, we will talk about. That. And obviously, with Townsend. We've got odd. Yeah, he's he's got he's got a lot more games under his belt and obviously he's had um he's had the World Cup, which obviously we discussed what didn't necessarily go the way he wanted to go, or did definitely didn't go the way he wanted to go. Um T- Townsend for me, if we'll start I think we'll start with Townsend, might as well now. Yep, happy days, um, yeah. I mean Townsend for me, I just uh, for me, we were you shocked? We'll get we'll get straight into a big uh, a big thing. Were you shocked that he stayed in after the World Cup? Uh, no, I don't think I was. I thought they'd give him more time, so we could we'll go back a, a few years earlier. So my initial shock was when they didn't 
renew Vern Cotter's yeah. contract. Yeah, uh, that's me a few times. Um, which I still don't understand. I mean, I get that they thought Townsend was going to leave Glasgow and, and go to France and do some, you know, become a head coach for a team in France and things like that. And obviously, they wanted a Scottish coach to be the head coach. So I get that stuff. But Vern Cotter is the like most successful in terms of like win percentage. You know, he's got the he's the most successful Scotland coach in the professional era. Uh, I think second overall. Anyway, only Ian McGeekin uh, from 1988 to 1993 has got a higher percentage win. That's at 57. Um, you know, he, he did pretty well in the 2015 World Cup. Uh, got us to the to the quarterfinals. You know, a whisker away from the semi-finals. Bad decision. Um, his win, yeah, is is um, I say his win percentage is at 52. He inherited a very, very, very poor team in 2014. His first Six Nations, I think we got the wooden spoon. He didn't win a game because he inherited a very, very poor team. Uh, and he turned it round and, you know, he handed over a very, very good team to Gregor Townsend. Um, so for me, like, Sternburn, I think he, he should have been given till this World Cup that we've just had in 2019. And that should have been when he left. And then, obviously, someone like Gregor Townsend come in. Obviously, that's not happened. It is what it is. But Gregor Townsend came in to start with. Yeah, I thought it did really, really, really well. Um, 2018 Six Nations um, was his first Six Nations. Um, Scotland finished third. Um, beat England, Italy, and France. We did get pumped by Wales in the um, in that first game of the Six Nations. And me and you are. But obviously, in the November just before that, 2017, we beat Australia. Pumped them completely. Pumped them, and um, we were, you know. A, a last-ditch tackle by Bowden Barrett on Stuart Hogg away from uh, from beating New Zealand. I was at that game as well. That was, it was unbelievable. So, like, his first year of being in charge of Scotland, you know, was was very, very good. I think he lost, a, like, a, a game in the summer against Fiji or something. But other than that, he, he, I think we beat Australia in that summer tour as well in 2007 when he first came in because he turned down assistant attack coach for the Lions because I think they wanted him to work under Howley didn't they as a tap coach and he was like obviously he just started Scotland so he wasn't going to do it but I don't think he did want to be playing second fiddle to Rob Howley either so he was assistant um, I thought he was actually he was asked to be the actual attack coach no no he asked uh, he had to work under Rob Howley so it was a uh, come on the tour but you'll be working under Howley I think if he got asked this time I'm, I've, I've listened to all the podcasts and they seem to be thinking the same thing they reckon if he got asked in the next one obviously he's He's not just starting the Scotland job now, so it's more likely he'd take it. You know, all the previous coaches, like Warren Gatland, he was on it. Was it 2009? Yeah. He was one of the he was one of the coaches, you know. Andy Farrell, you know, they, they tend to have been on it as like in some form of some kind of coach before getting the gig in the future. And I imagine, you know, he's a he probably wants to be British and Irish Lions head coach, uh, coach at some point. I get that. But then moving on, like I say, 2018 was brilliant for him. Uh, really good in the uh, in the Six Nations. Uh, sorry, 2018 that was. And then 2019, you know, everything kind of like form kind of dropped. You know, we we only beat Italy with the draw with England, which was like unbelievable. But you know, at one point we were staring a big defeat. At, you know, at half time we were, we if we'd have got pumped in that game, and then what had happened in the World Cup in 2019. I think could have been a different story. I think like that draw of England, the comeback, kind of like really helped keep his job. That was 2019 Six Nations, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. that was a class. Say again. That was a good day. That do you remember? Wales, yeah, Liverpool, yeah. St. Paddy's weekend, wasn't it? Class. So good. But the pullback was amazing. And then obviously went into the World Cup and and for whatever reason, um, you know, Scotland didn't perform. They didn't get out of the box against Ireland. We did all right against Samoa and Russia. And then uh, obviously, you know, we played all right against Japan, but Japan were just better on the day. Um, And then obviously we've not, we had the, the Six Nations that's happened so far. Uh, where we beat in, we beat France and we beat Italy. Italy. We were unlucky against Ireland, and then obviously the England game was just garbage. So it didn't surprise me that he didn't lose his job. He's a Scottish coach. He's got still got a couple of years left, and I think his contract runs out next year. But I, I think um, Dobson's already spoke about trying. He wants to um, give Cockers and Towns their new contracts and the jobs that they're in. So it doesn't. So, I, yeah, so I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. I think, you know, if he keeps getting two wins in the Six Nations, he'll he'll do the next World Cup and then probably uh, look at it again there. I don't really see much changing, if I'm honest. But he's got good players now. So, you know, there's no reason why Scotland can't improve. But the main the thing, thing he's got to do, we spoke about it a few weeks ago, he needs to, like, turn the away form around. You know, at, at Murrayfield, you know, Scotland are a challenge for anyone. It's that turning that away from that. I mean, what we did in this Six Nations, we were a lot less naive than what we have been previously. You know, uh, teams weren't just like absolutely humping us. And, you know, Scotland, as soon as Scotland get like two tries down, we just kind of roll over. You know, we were, our forwards were um, fronting up, you know, very competitive. Front to type five looked very good. Um, you know, we weren't getting beaten up up front. And uh, I didn't, although the backs, we weren't like throwing the ball around like we, you did in 2018 for example you know there was a there was a bit more of the methodical approach it was a bit more structured you know we had less exciting centers and sam johnson and chris harris but you know they were they're good at what they do you know they i tell you they play the percentage as well they don't they don't really miss their tackles they get over the game line you know and then you've got your backs you know you've got your your sean maitland your um stuart hogg etc to to give you i suppose a little bit of stardust so yeah, yeah. I suppose like my my thing for for Townsend is it's it's been like it's it's been up and down. So I think when he first came in, he made obviously I, I'm with you. I don't think Vern Cotter should have been should have been gotten rid of. He's I mean he's the coach of Fiji now. And if he's yeah. given the resources there, you could turn them into some you know into some team really with it with the talent that they have. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think he should have. I don't think he should have gone. To be honest, I think he's. I think he's a good coach, Vern Carter. You know, generally, do. Yeah. I think, obviously, building on what Vern done, I think Townsend made Scotland a bit more of an exciting team to watch. Obviously, that included. Obviously, you had the players like Finn Russell and your Hoggies and stuff that came in, and uh, a bit more of uh, a youthful look to the team, rather. You know, um, so and uh, so. I think when he first came in, I think he made you a bit more exciting, which I think Scottish fans, that's what they needed at the time. I think uh, what Vern started and what Towns had done then, I think it brought more people back to Murrayfield to watch the games. It brought back more people to excited to watch Scotland rather than just turn up because they want to watch Scotland play. They were actually excited to see what they could do. You know, you were talking about them games against uh, Australia, the game against New Zealand, which was a really good game. Unbelievable game. Those are the sort of games that obviously 
in years past, Scotland would have probably they had to go, didn't they? They had to go. Yeah, and I think fans, you know, talking to fans, obviously when we've been up to Scotland, and obviously you and other things. Fans, I think sometimes that's what you need to do first to show that you're actually going to have a go. And, and like you say, at Murrayfield, you can give anyone a good game up. And, and I think over the time, I just think like up and down. So then obviously, I think coming into this Six Nations, sort of the World Cup, he has tried to um, probably make you a bit more solid. Uh, yeah. Forwards have been a bit better. It's been more of a a forward-orientated game. Is that because Russell isn't there? So they thought, let's not too much, put too much pressure on uh, Hastings. Um, so you've been a bit more pragmatic. Oh, that's pragmatic. Um, but yeah, like for me, Townsend's just been up and down. I don't think he's, even now, I, I still think, and this is what you get if you have a coach over a certain amount of time, which is like you. I thought he might have gone after the World Cup because I didn't think the World Cup went too great for Scotland. Um, but I can see why you keep him and I think I mean I, everyone wants to see a good competitive Six Nations so you want all that you know Italy are basically going to kind of be not great you want the rest of the teams always competing so I think he's he's his next thing for me is finding that balance between attack and defence I mean I mean like it's it's also find that game plan to win, like you said. I mean, I'd love to see Scotland in a situation where they've won the first three or won the first four games of the Six Nations and then that's when the pressure hits that you, you've got a chance to win this. I think that's... A, I just think that's the next stage now. He's trying to marry them sort of... Um, that sort of in-between game. I mean, obviously, listen, sometimes, if you look at Wales Grand Slam in 2019, that was built on defence, really, wasn't it? It wasn't the most exciting Grand Slam to man, but it won a Grand Slam. So, you know, it's one of them things. You can't always win uh, win games at Cantor, which is obviously, like you said, I mean, that that game at Twickenham that you talked about was mental on that. (laughs) And that, wasn't it? I remember we were sat there half-time in in that Irish bar and we were just like... It was me, you, and Jez, and obviously Jez is English and knows absolutely nothing. Yeah, he hasn't got a clue, has he? Has no idea no, what was going on. No. Not a clue. But it was funny because it obviously all like it was basically majority Irish. There was me and you, and then I, I had uh, my wife's family and stuff with us as well, didn't I? So they were all loving it half time. They haven't got a clue about rugby either, as much as they they kind of like you know they watch it and stuff and get all into it. They don't really know much about it. Um, and then I remember watching that that second half, and all of us, everyone in the pub was buzzing. All the Irish were like buzzing because you, you know, I mean, you should have won. You should have won. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, you know, not many games are going to go like that. You know, it, it, that's just an anomaly. So yeah, for me, I mean, it's just a bit up and down for Townsend. Uh, obviously, he's changed a lot of coaching staff, hasn't he, from when he first started? So you know, yeah. you were saying there was changes before. So obviously. Um, Jonathan Humphreys was one of your coaches, wasn't he? He's at Wales now. Was he? Jo- was he in? Jonathan Humphreys was yeah, he was a coach of Scotland, yeah. yeah he's forwards coach for a bit. Und- under Townsend? Um I'm not sure if he was under Townsend. He, no. he could have been a Vern person. I know he was there. I know he's been coached up in Scotland for a while, so whether he's been at Glasgow as well. But obviously he's made changes, which is which is which is 
is brave after a World Cup. You could obviously stick or twist, but obviously I know a few of them. One, didn't one of them move on to be coach? Dan, McFar- Dan McFarlane's gone on to be the Ulster coach. God, that's it. He was a, he was the assistant Scotland national coach. Yeah. And he was he's obviously very highly thought of, and he's yeah. done a really really good. Yeah, job he was he was he was the attack, was he the attack coach? Was it Matt Taylor? Was, he, Matt Taylor was your defence coach. He's gone as well, hasn't he? He's gone now, yeah. yeah. That's what we chatted about last week. Yeah. Um, thingies came in, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember his name now. So obviously, there's, there's, he, he, he's he's made a decision to change that up as well, which is, which is good. So, yeah, I think he's been all right. He's been up and down. Like, I, like for me, major more exciting. And obviously, so Townsend, all oh, sorry, mate. Townsend with that. So Townsend was Scotland's attack coach. Um, That's it before, and uh, so he did it on his own, and now Townsend has said. That Mike Blair is also the attack coach. Right. Yeah. So Townsend's now got help from Mike Blair yeah, to be the yeah. attack coach. It's not all on Townsend. Yeah, because sometimes then players are, are billed as like skill coaches, aren't they? Now, if you see some of them, it's like skill. It's like skills coach and stuff. Yeah. So for me, skills coach is like so you're probably running some attacking plays for him and stuff. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at uh, what's his name, Mark Jones. He's, he's a coach at Bloody Crusaders now, isn't he? Yeah, I've seen um, James Hook's coach as well now. Isn't yeah, he? yeah, the Ospreys, which is good to see. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he, he's got to have something in his brain. He was that good of a player. I mean, not every not every player makes a good coach. There, at the end of the day, like you like to tap into that. But yeah, no, I don't. You know, I, I think, I think. Consistency, but I think that Scotland or it's been Scotland's problem for a good few years. I don't necessarily, I don't think that's always lays at the uh, the coach's feet. Sometimes yeah. you know, there's only so much you you can do as much preparation as you want, but if players do stupid things during games, you know you can't. You know, yeah. I think I think the main thing for Townsend to be looking at now is obviously after World Cup. And probably the 2019 uh, Six Nations it became apparent that Scotland, you know, are quite easy to score against. And I think come this Six Nations, the 2026 Nations, which obviously is not finished, but the four games we did play, I think it's fair to say that all four teams that we played against found it difficult to score past, score tries past Scotland. So that's like, although we only won two of them games, it's still a, a tick in the box. And now it's to translate that into away wins as well. And then if you do that, then translate it into putting a bit more attacking flair into it, you know, and then you're, you're picking up your, your four wins in a Six Nations instead of getting your two home wins or whatever. I think that's like Townsend's probably his next kind of, I don't know, that's probably like his remit that he's aiming to try and, and try and do and see from there. But I'd say, I don't, I think like as long as Townsend keeps winning, keeps being Italy, Scott keeps beating Italy and then picking up a win then I think you'll get to the next World Cup. But then, obviously, depending on how it goes, I think that'll be, you know, the, the big decision point for, for uh, like, Dodson and Townsend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to... You, you've got to, I think, I suppose, it's when you get them three home games, isn't it? That That's your big chance at Six Nations. When you get them three home games... And what, what what when you only have your three home games, what's your two away games? England and France. <laughs> right, two probably two probably the two shittest places for you, isn't it? 
probably the two yeah. shittest places for you. Yeah, so our, ours is always um, England and Ireland. So, <laughs> and which obviously we don't necessarily have the the, the greatest of records at either. So, yeah, I mean those. They, I mean when you get them games, um, you know, I think for Scotland is is winning them three games when you've got them at home and you've got your crowd and stuff, and then you know you. you Anything could happen if you could see one, one, one win away. I mean, Scotland probably one big game away, one big game in the Six Nations away from probably doing something. They've just got to, you just got to do it, haven't they? Yeah, I, you know, like Gatlin saying. I know, obviously, a lot of people criticise Gatlin. He says, you know, this is what he wants to see. But in a way, he's kind of he has got a point, even though it's so hard to do. You know, Wales don't necessarily have the the greatest record uh, away from home. But obviously, I think if he saw Scotland going down to Twickenham, and even if it was an arm wrestle and you win by three, it shows that you've got the sort of nous and things like that. And obviously, that's not necessarily down to coaches and stuff. But maybe he's fi- he might find the right thing. Like for me, he say it's just getting that in between um, the whole attack and defence. He's made you more solid and, you know, you know, if you speak to a lot of people in sport, they'll tell you defense with defenses win your championships. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, I I thought he might have got he might have gone after the World Cup, but um, at the same time, it's saying that getting rid of coaches was they was there loads of candidates out there. That's right. I don't know. They might they might yeah they might have thought about it. Might they? They might have thought. But then, if they've sat down and gone right, if we get rid of him now, who can we get? Because the obvious choice now, if that happened now, would be Cockers. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I was the one I was thinking about, and I don't know if obviously working with the clubs would have been Dave uh, Dave Rennie, the coach at mm. Glasgow. Yeah, uh, he was already lined up, though, was he not? For oh no, it was only. Yeah, was it was a cup on it. He got lined up for uh, he's going to Australia, isn't he? He's coach Australia now. Um, because he was rumored to he was rumored to be in the running when Pivot got the job as well. He was he was on the I think he got interviewed for it. Um, he was on the list as well. So, um, maybe I mean, I suppose the SRU don't really want to uh, ruffle the pit, people's feathers by going and taking their one of their club's coaches as well, isn't it? But I suppose, you know. But yeah, I mean, it, it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, it'd be nice, it'd be interesting to see our game eventually. You don't know how these games are going to go, do you? Because it's not like, it's different, isn't it now? By the time these games are played, you don't know how many times players would have played, how fit they are. So it'd be interesting to see our game. Yeah. And see how we get on, because obviously, obviously segueing a bit into Pivac, um, a win against Scotland wouldn't necessarily mean we've had a great Six Nations uh, because we've still lost three and only won one. Um, but obviously, if we lose that game, you know, it, it doesn't look uh, good. So, I mean, uh, Pivak, for people who don't really know anything about Wayne Pivak, I mean, his background sort of, he coached back in New Zealand at Northland, Auckland twice, where I think he won the MPC, which is like their their competition of the Super Rugby, which is, if anyone's ever watched like the NPC and stuff like the New Zealand stuff, it's the quality is top-notch, like really good rugby. He's coached Fiji, um, North Harbour, and obviously 
he came over to Scarlets. When he came over to Scarlets, he was only the forwards coach there. And then, obviously, I'm, only talk, I'm talking more sort of about this club because he hasn't really got, he's only got a small sort of uh, segment in his, uh, his international. But, I mean, at the Scarlets, he did really well once he became head coach. Won the Pro 12 title in 2017. That's with um, beating Leinster away in the semi-final with 14 men and then beating uh, Munster in Dublin in the final. And the year after, he got into the semi-finals of the Champions Cup and final of the Pro 12, where he lost he lost the Leinster in both games, which, to be fair, Leinster are a pretty decent team, so losing to them is never, uh, never a bad thing. So, obviously, I suppose when we look at his international career now, so he took over from Warren Gatland, that's no mean feat taking over Warren Gatland after he'd had such a long sort of period. Uh, was it 12 years with Wales? Uh, well, almost 12 years with Wales. And it obviously, and he had, you know, whatever people may say, Gatland had quite a lot of success with Wales. He did turn us round from being knocked out in the World Cup pool stages to being Grand Slam champions the season afterwards. And obviously, I think we went on to win one, two, three Grand Slams and one Six Nations title, I think, with him. So it was a lot to do. Obviously, the whole I think the whole um, the whole coaching team uh, team changed. Um, I think, like from what I've seen from him, and I think we've we've spoke about this. I think obviously, I think coaches should be given at least a year or a couple of tournaments. You know, two Six Nations in a November to sort of really judge them. Um, uh, but I mean, if we're judging on Wales, I mean, we we lost three games at the end of the day, didn't we? We won one, which was against Italy, where it was forty yards nil. He's played. We played the Barbarians, sorry, the November before, which is a sort of a it's a non-game, isn't it? Playing the Barbarians. Um, I I I don't mind the way I don't mind the way that we we looked in the Six Nations. I think he is trying to change things. Um, it might take a bit of time because of uh, a lot of the players he's still got. Most of them, majority, have all played for Gatland and have been used to playing um, Warren Ball or whatever um, for a certain time. Um, so I like I like some of I like some of our attack in the Six Nations defense a bit ropey. Um, I'm hoping that's just down to obviously we might change the system. We've got a whole new. Um, defence coach as well which I mean for Wales to lose Sean Edwards over the length of a contract was just it was mental to me it was mental it's just one of the, one of the best probably either the best or one of the best defence coaches in the world and if you you know you just got to see what he's done to France in such a short uh, period of time so um, yeah I've liked what we've seen I mean at this point in time, with the highest scorers in the in the in the Six Nations, we scored the most amount of points. Same time, we've conceded quite a few. <laughs> no, we have. I mean, that's it. We, we, we've we've conceded. We've conceded a few. Um, I mean, if I if I if I do look at the games, the Italy game, I think it was forty four nil. It was it was an easy game. First half wasn't great. The second half, we pulled away. Um, the Ireland game, Ireland were, were better than us. Um, I've got no qualms in that one. I thought Ireland were were a lot better. There was a period in the second half where we could have come into it. 
Hadley Park, stopped the ball on over the try line. Um, but I thought Ireland were better that day. And then the France game, the France game we could have we could have easily won. I thought France were good, but I thought um I thought we could have easily won it at the end then. We had a, a blatant penalty try not given to us. Um the England game. England game, England dominated. But I think if there was if there was five more minutes on that game, I reckon we'd have won. They were down to 13 men, I reckon we'd have won. So it was good to see us come back into that game. Scored one of the best tries I've ever seen live. Um, and then obviously with the Scotland game, unfortunately got it got cancelled because I was quite interested to see they made a few changes. So um, it's changed a few things around. I do like the I do like the way we're looking. Um, but obviously big big question marks, big question marks because I think we were due to go on a tour in New Zealand, which would have been uh, interesting to see. <laughs> Not sure how much success we'd have got down. Uh, down there but for me I think it's it's not hard to judge obviously there's something to judge Pivak on but I think you with Pivak you know I'd like to see what he does in this um, eight nations and obviously in another six nations before I kind of really uh, really judge him uh, I don't know what your thoughts on it yeah so so for me I mean I agree with everything you said there really I mean I think it's far I know we're doing a Townsend Pivak episode it probably is too early to, to judge Pivak I mean the Six Nations obviously like you said Phil and Gatlin's shoes are huge but this Six Nations I think was a bit of a free hit for him definitely and um, you know you know, obviously you, you, you'd have to beat Italy like that's one of them mm-hmm. but I mean even if Wales did lose all the games I still don't think they would be sacking him anytime soon no. I think they want to give him time I think the uh, WRU probably realised that Gatlin's been there that long. It's going to take time for a new coach to come in there, change the things that Gatlin was doing, and, and put his own spin on things. Um, it was good to see Wales playing a bit more of how I would say, like the traditional way of Wales playing. Like my uncle always talks about Wales. I mean, I think he was happy under the the Gatlin the success Wales had under Gatlin, but he did always say he doesn't like the way that Wales play because he's always remembers Wales from like was it the seventies when they threw the ball around, yeah. scored tries like you know, Michael Tony's always. As much as I say grateful for what Gatlin done, he's never. I don't think he's ever been Gatlin's biggest fan. And uh, you know, I think him seeing Wales play that way in the twenty twenty Six Nations, he probably enjoyed that. And I definitely enjoyed seeing Wales play that way. Um, with the defence, I didn't necessarily think. I mean, I know you can see a lot of points, but it tended to be like just people sliding off tackles and things like that, rather than poor individual. Than anything. Yeah, it was it was yeah, more um, issues maybe which. Same again. I mean, there's, there's nothing as a, as a defence coach, a coach, you can't coach someone to miss a tackle or. Um, for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. Sorry to bump in again. I I agree <laughs> with um, with what you were saying. I mean, there was times where under Gatland as well. I mean, listen, there's no arguing. You know, in, in my lifetime of rugby, I started watching Wales early nineties with, with my dad and obviously your uncle Tony. And that was, you know, my early days of watching Wales was, was rough. <laughs> you know, it was rough, rough times. Uh, 2005 came. But even after 2005, like we did the quiz last week, Wales finished fifth of the year after. We had a few more rough years. So obviously all, everything that's gone on with, with, with Gatland, there can be no Welsh supporter who doesn't appreciate what Gatland's done for Wales and how he turned us round. 
Well, I think I agree with, I mean, I agree with Tony. There was times where I just thought, well, you know, he was always relying on us being fitter or bashing down the, you know, and all this. And we were like, let's just play a bit more rugby. Um, and I, you know, I think we did. I think we did. It was nice to see some players. Um, I think someone like a Tompkins, I mean, I do rage about Tompkins. Tompkins looked like a player that doesn't look like a Gatlin moulded player. He plays with his head, head up, plays what he sees. He didn't look as structured as necessarily a, as great players they were as a Jamie Roberts, um, you know, you know, Hadley Parks. Um, they were all great players who did great jobs and stuff. But, um, yeah, like, like say some of the tries. I mean, the first try we scored against France was just half penny got beat in the air and, you know, it was no one. I mean, yeah. I mean, there was, there was some things where I think maybe players – were sliding off tackles maybe because they didn't know where to be in the defensive line. Maybe that was part of it. Um, I mean, when you change the whole the whole coaching uh, setup, and our coaching setup's been pretty much the same from when Gatlin took over, um, except for sort of late into the World Cup when Howley decided to bet on a thousand games. Um, so I mean, I'm with you. I think you know. If Wales had lost all their games in the Six Nations, of course, we'd have all been, all Welsh fans would be up in the air and going, you know, but I mean, there was a couple of people think going, oh, he's not up to it, Pivak, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just done this with, you know, he's only done bits and pieces with the Scarlets and stuff. Like when the Scarlets under Pivak, when they won that Pro 12, and for a good few years, they were probably one of the best teams to watch, like club teams to watch play rugby. They were, you know, every sort of player with Stephen Jones, you know, even forwards passing like backs and stuff like some of the tries they used to score was unreal and I, he, he likes to he likes to use a system where one of his wingers is a playmaker so that's like Steph Evans job they used to come in at first receiver which Johnny McNichol was doing in the in the, um, in the Six Nations he was he, I mean he was he was terrible in defence wasn't he Johnny McNichol <laughs> um, but he is, he's the sort of player he'll come off his wing he likes people to be busy Whereas, I mean, I, and I'm hoping that's where maybe George North under Pivak and Stephen Jones, he might start doing that. Um, I know Gatlin always says he wants him to come looking for the ball, but for some reason he didn't. And maybe under Pivak, it might be a breath of fresh air for him, really. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I, I liked, I liked how, we, how we looked. Um, I, said, I was looking forward to that Scotland game. I was looking forward to that Scotland game. I thought... Scotland coming down to, to Cardiff. I thought it might... I, obviously, you played a bit more defensive, but I think... I thought that Scotland game, might, uh, the France game might have made you a bit more confident. Might have thrown the ball around yeah. a little bit more. And consider, con, considering that we were... Um, that we were that we were a bit weak in defence, I thought it might be, might have been uh, quite a good game. I thought it might have been a, a bit more of an open game. So, yeah, it's it's it's, it's difficult, really, because like you say, we are talking about Townsend, who's got close to four years with Scotland, hasn't he? And then you've got... Yeah, I think he's got 33 games, I think. Yeah, he's yeah. So... He's got, I mean, Townsend's got a decent-ish... He's at 50% or something like that, uh, around that. Uh, but as I said, with him, the difference with him and Vern is Vern inherited a shit team and Townsend inherited a good team. With Pivak, he's inherited a good team, but... With ageing you know, players. With ageing players. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. 
I say the first first Six Nations for him was like a free kick, free free go at it. Yeah. I think he may struggle a little bit in the November games. I think not struggle, that's wrong. So I think it'll be hard in November because obviously we don't know where everyone's gonna be at, but you've got England and Ireland in your team and obviously Fiji under Vern Cotter. So you expect Fiji to be although they don't play structure rugby. I would expect them to have a little bit more structure with Vern being in charge, but obviously with the stardust that they have as well. So I do think it'll be be quite tough for Wales, but that's not doesn't mean that then you know it doesn't mean that they won't be in the games or win games because they've definitely got the players to do that. But it'll just be um, it'll be interesting to see how they go, you know. And if he, if he wins two out of three there, then you know straight away Wales looking in a good place. If he loses three out of three, then you're like that Six Nations 2021 is massive for Pivak then. Yeah, no, I, yeah, don't, I don't, don't disagree. I think, I think with, I mean, if those groups stay the same, nothing's actually been sort of officially, let's say, announced, has it? The only thing officially announced has been the Six Nations. So, I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a tough group. I mean, the Fiji one, I think that might not have been it, me as hard as the World Cup. So, I just think <laughs> it depends on what, how much time Fiji have together. Um. They might be a little bit behind the eight ball. I think over time, don't get me wrong, I think Bernie Carter could do something something good with them as long as he gets the support of uh, uh, there would be uh, the, the union. I think he could do wonders for them. Um, but yeah, Ireland, Ireland, England, listen, it, they're going to be two tough games. Um, I think the games will always depend on if there's rankings points, if there's no rankings points, you might find teams... Um, Experiment a little, um, because I mean, you were saying about the English pre- Premiership schedule. They could be playing so many games, couldn't they, with no break? Um, yeah. So you might you might find that. I mean, and, and I'd like to see Wales experiment a bit, uh, which obviously we would have done if we were in a if we were having our normal autumn internationals. Um, there's always a game or two where they make it. You know, you jet. Generally, teams make a few changes. Um, I mean, I like I like what he's done. I was a bit disappointed in Pivak for not picking Reece Summit. Yeah, I thought he'd have had it. I think that was. I think that was. I think. I think that was something where I think I thought he'd have had. I thought he'd had the balls to do it, but I thought he would have done it. I mean, I understand. I mean, we don't we don't see what's happening in training either, do we? Yeah, he might not be he taking said, up the plays. Do you know what I mean? He said he said something about he had he had stuff to work on in defence and under high balls and things. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd have still liked to throw him in against um, Italy. You know, that was a game at home. You know, you're going to dominate that. You're going to win them games. So, I, I think we missed a trick there. Um, uh, apart from that, I mean, like you say as well, I think. The thing for Pivak now is how he how he integrates new players in while almost pushing players out. Not that I wish for some of the players to 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 finish playing, but obviously we do need to look past Ken Owen soon. Obviously, the inevitable of Alan Wynne Jones, um, Jonathan Davis. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that happens. Um, Obviously, during the Six Nations as well, he he wasn't uh, he wasn't too sure on his scrum halves. He gave all his scrum halves a go. He was going to, wasn't he? Whether he was going to start against Scotland, um, so and it, you know, Gareth Davis has been his his scrum half at the Scarlets, and uh, 
he soon sort of dropped in when he wasn't too impressed, which I'm quite happy about as well in, in a way. Um, it kind of keeps players on the toes. I think probably Gareth Davis has been our first choice for a good few years now, so maybe he's trying to keep him on his toes. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how we integrate some of these players. It was nice to see him, him pick a few of these players as well. Will Griff John's been playing really well for sale for a good few years. They've been, you know, in my opinion, you know, the Premiership is a good ground. If you can scrummage in the Premiership, you you know you, you should be a decent enough scrummager. So it was nice to see him get a chance. Um, obviously he brought Tomkins in. He brought Will Rollins in, and Will Rollins only played sort of twenty minutes for Wales. Well, I thought he looked thought he looked really good in that twenty minutes. Six foot eight locks don't really grow on trees, do they? So. Uh, so yeah, it was interesting to see some of the selections. I thought was 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 uh, uh, was good. It'd be nice to see him when we have when we have when we do have some some more of our players fit as well. You know whether they sort of get into. I mean, Liam Williams for me starts at fullback all day, but I, I, I'd, I'd actually like to see as bad as his defence is. I'd like to see Johnny McNichol at fullback just because he's very good with ball in hand, and he, I think you get if you give him a lot more space. Um, if he can sort out his defence I think he's a good player a New Zealander talking about residency um, yeah it's, it's, it's interesting it's interesting times really because I think Wales have wanted to play a bit more rugby a little bit more heads up rugby and that's that's the style of Pivac that's the style of Stephen Jones as well um, and to me that to me that's something that can only get better hopefully over time the more time they get with the players as well. That's the other thing as well. You know, I think he had a camp with them in November and then it was sort of a couple of weeks before the Six Nations. So he's got to get to know some of the players and the players got to get to know him. So, yeah, it's, it's a short thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, at this point now, we'd have we'd have been to New Zealand and obviously we, if, without COVID, sorry, we'd have been to New Zealand and we'd have been coming up to the November uh, internationals in a couple of months' time. Um and uh, you know, and another Six Nations. To me, I judge him at the end of the next Six Nations. Fair enough. I think for both coaches, I think it's just more work to be done, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, I mean, it, like for me, it, it's a bit like we're the flip side to Scotland. So obviously, um, Townsend has made you more solid, um, and obviously, it's how how you integrate that attack back into it. So you have that sort of a, a bit more of a balance to your game. I think with Wales, it looks like we've we're starting to sort the attack out, but our defence is sort of maybe... Um, needs work. Yeah, it needs work. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that you know, if, if you've got a new defence coach who's, you know, only worked with players for two weeks or obviously longer through the tournament, you know, if you don't see change in that, I mean, there's a clause in Pivac's contract that they can cancel it after two years. And that's, okay. why, that's, why, uh, that's why Sean Edwards didn't sign. Okay. Sean Edwards wanted a four-year contract and they said we can't give you a four-year contract because you can have a four-year contract but we need you, you need the same clause as them and he just said no I want to secure my future I want a four-year contract um, so there's a, yeah there's, a, there's a, a, a clause in the contract so after two years if they're not happy they can they can change it I mean that I mean You'd hope, obviously, as a, as a well supporter, that doesn't come down to it, you know, because the more you change your coaches, uh, if you look at sort of England have had Eddie Jones now for four years, haven't they? Um, yeah. Wales had Gatlin for 12 years. Was that too long? 
I don't know because he, he won a Grand Slam and got to a, a World Cup semi-final in his last year. So, um, you know, I can't really say that about him. Uh, Joe Schmidt was, was with Ireland for a long time. I think they stagnated towards the end though with Joe Schmidt. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so sometimes it needs fresh. But yeah, I'd like to see I'd like to see Pivak up to the next World Cup. Um, but it depends on results, doesn't it? You know, you know. I think expectation as well is is Wales have always been generally in the the twelve years that Gatlin was there, generally in the top three, uh, or at least competing to win the championship. So Welsh fans' expectation and what they've got used to is sort of competing, isn't it? Competing for them. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if Pivac also has uh, a better time against Southern Hemisphere teams. Which Gatlin's record was uh, was pretty poor, pretty poor. Um, so yeah, interesting times, really. Interesting times. Uh, I like I like what I see, but it's just wait to see. For me, Townsend and Scotland, it's just finding a balance now. I think I think you, you you're getting a spine of a team now, aren't you? Which I don't think Scotland's had for a while. Like a spine, a spine from the forwards to the backs. I mean, I think at one point. You had Hoggy, Russell, Hugh Jones, sort of. You had a good attacking back, but not necessarily the forwards to complement it. I think Townsend's got that now. You've got a solid pack so during the Six Nations, and you've obviously still got them good backs. So that's where I just think now you've got that spine. It's the develop development from having that good team to having a consistent, consistently winning team, competing Six Nations team, isn't it? Hopefully. Hopefully we'll see. I'd like to see. I'd like to see just because no one's seen it. No one's seen. Last time we seen a high pressure game for Scotland when it meant something was that game against Australia in the World Cup. Yeah, Japan, wasn't it? I suppose Japan. Well, I was going to big you up then because I was going to say that quarter final where you were robbed. I thought you played really well. <laughs> Really yeah, well. but then but at the same time, the quarter final against Australia, we still we had a line out. And we threw it to the tail instead of just going to the front and securing it. You know, last minute we thrown a line out, lost our line out, and obviously, yeah, then they've got a penalty. But if we just secured the line out, then yeah. we'd have kept the ball and and yeah. that was it. But we tried to throw to the tail instead of just keeping the ball. So wow. So I do like obviously the ref got it wrong, but if Scotland hadn't have messed up their line out, it wouldn't have been like the. Up to the ref to get a decision wrong. It was Scotland so. keep the ball, play for pressure. time, and then hit the ball out. The, the pressure was there, and they pressure. and they bottled it. Yeah, in, so. in some respects. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, all right. So you take the World Cup as well. The pressure there, although in all, in all fairness to Scotland, you know, you're playing Japan. Japan had beaten Ireland. They're on such a roll. You have got the crowd behind you. You know, I think that game might have been different if it wasn't in Japan. I don't know. You know, but you know, yeah. crowd crowds make a difference, don't they? As well. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, right, sound. Yeah, let us know what you think as well. What people? I mean, I'd, I'd be quite interested to hear um, some people's opinions on Pivac actually um, from this. You know, from other Welsh fans, obviously the Scottish fans. What people thought about what think about Townsend? Um, obviously, we don't know. You might find a few that uh, you're always going to find some that just don't like him. 
just don't like get them out, do this, do that. Some people would probably be like you and go, listen, take them up to the next World Cup and see what happens. Yeah. Good. Well, so it's that time. I say this every week, but it is that time. It's round four of Tash versus Jocks. Right, so I'm I'm two one down now after having a blinder in the first week. <laughs> I've had I've had I've had two shockers where, and to, to be honest, the last two have been quite good because they've been close, haven't they? That first one where we both managed to get some right, yeah. Yeah, so just... so yeah. Well, the first the first week was a bit lopsided, wasn't it? But I suppose now it's it's, it's a bit different. So um, this week we are. Doing World Cup 2015. Um, I think again, we only decided this afternoon as well. Yeah, so these questions are kind of been rushed. Um, I'm pretty sure. I've tried to be fair. I've tried to be. Uh, I've tried to be fair. Yeah, I've tried. To, I've tried to make it as fair as I can. In my head, I've tried to make it fair. Anyway, it's probably hard. I mean. The World Cup 2015, I know you went to a game. For two weeks of it, I was in Mexico watching at the sports bar there. It wasn't the worst worst place to watch rugby, if I'm honest. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, obviously, we just talked about Scotland going out in the quarterfinals. Wales went out in the quarterfinals as well. So, we'll see. So, I lost again. So, do you, do? do you want to go first or ask first? I'll go first. I'll see if I can get ahead. It didn't work last week. <laughs> right. All right, and you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Question one: How many tries did George North score in the Rugby World Cup 2015? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see who do we play? Uh, Australia, England, Fiji, and Uruguay. I've got a strange feeling that it was zero. Is that what you're going with? Yeah, I'll go with zero. Yeah, correct. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. Nice. Made up. All right. Your first question. Oh, that was that's a naughty. Was that thunder then? Yeah. Yeah. That's naughty. That? Uh, who was the only uncapped player in your squad? Hmm. Was he in the original squad? Yep. Fuck. Ooh. I know this because Jim Hamilton always talks about him. What? Because he was like John Hardy. Oh, mate. Because he no. doesn't he always like because he only got brought in or did he maybe he played a World Cup friendly? He played. He played. He was uh, eligible in the warm ups, but ah. Josh Strauss was not uh, eligible in the first game, game, and he made his name. Ah, bastard! Bastard! Oh, I thought I'd done it then. 
Uh, right, so question two. Who scored a hat-trick for Wales against Uruguay? Oh. oh. It wasn't George North. Who <laughs> scored a hat-trick against Uruguay? I've got a couple of names in the head. Scott Williams is one. But for some reason, I've kicked myself here. I shouldn't be changing my mind. I'm going to go Hallam Amos. No. Uh, I didn't, I've never even heard of this guy. Uh, Corey Allen? Oh, Corey Allen. Oh, fucking hell. I think Hallam Amos did score in that game, though. Yeah. Wow, forgot he played for Wales in the World Cup. I've never even heard of him, mate. Maybe like, not. Oh, he's no. he's a good he's a good player. He's just cursed by injuries. Cursed yeah. by injuries. Right. Okay. Who scored two tries against Japan in their op- in your opening game? I think we've got a similar question. Weird. I'm pretty sure I know it, but I'm not. Don't change your mind, mate. Don't change your mind, Mark Bennett. Mark Bennett. Fucking twat! Should have changed your mind. Was it not Mark Bennett? Yeah, it was. Twat. Gutted. Devastated. Breakout player, wasn't he? Voted breakout under twenty-something player of the year that year. Uh, question three for you then. Who partnered Jamie Roberts at centre against Australia? Against Australia? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Sound like a fucking horse then, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know Tyler Morgan played centre against South Africa. John Davis was injured. Was he? Oh, oh, Scott Williams. That's twice you've gone with him, is it? No, you went Amos. No, no. Uh, George North. Do you know what? I was going to say North as well. I was going to say North. Fuck. Why didn't I say North? He's done it before. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Right. Both your wingers scored against the USA. You were at this game. Who were they? I'm pretty sure. I know one was... Oh, dude, was it Tommy Seymour? I think it was Tommy Seymour and Tim Visser, but... Oh, did Maitland play? Was it the second game? You were at this game, uh, mate. I know. Yeah. I know for a long time. <laughs> I, know, I know Duncan Weir scored at the end because he was right in front of me and he was like, fucking celebrate. Uh, what did Lamont play? Oh, shit. I think, I think Tommy, Tommy Seymour and Tim Visser. Maitland, isn't it? Oh, no, Visser, go on, yeah. <laughs> Maitland and Visser. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Brutal. Tommy Seymour wouldn't have played then, did he? Brutal, no, he probably got rested, didn't he? Fuck's sake. Matt Brutal. Scott scored as well. Came off the bench and scored. I remember that. Bastard. Ah. Uh, what question are we on? Four. Four. Uh, where 
there was Wales quarter-final defeat to uh, to South Africa held at what ground? Twickenham. Yeah, that's fucking easy. I knew you'd get that one. Right. Okay. Against Australia, Peter Horn was replaced by Scotland's fourth-choice centre in their World Cup squad. Who was it? I know this one. Richie Vernon, isn't it? Because he yeah. played, um, he started. Yeah. Did he start against South Africa? Do you, yeah. Do you still think it's crazy that he's an international centre? He's not anymore. He's retired. I know, but was. I don't think he was that good. I just think it showed Scotland's centres were slim pickings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, picking a back row was your fourth choice centre. Well, he played a Brave, lot of centre for Glasgow as well. Brave. Right. Uh, go on, then, last one. See, I think you'll get this one as well. I hope uh, so. Who was Wales' top try scorer in the Rugby World Cup? Not point scorer, try scorer. Oh, fuck. I haven't got a clue. It's not George North. <laughs> Is it not George North? No. It's not Scott, it's not Scott Williams either. Is it Corey Allen? <laughs> Corey Allen got a hat trick. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's probably the only game he played, though. Yeah, probably. Um, Gareth Davis scored against South Africa, England. Was Liam Williams there? He wasn't there. Well, Liam Williams was there. Gareth Davis. Yeah, Gareth Davis. Oh. It was five, five or six, it was. I can't remember. Yeah, he had a, he had a decent tournament, didn't he? Yeah, he scored a few. Uh, that was, like you say, that was just based on. Uh, right, so. Oh, right. How many tries did Scotland score in the group stage? Fucking hell, mate. You did this to me last week. I know, yeah. In fairness, like, in fairness, in fairness. If we both put our hands up, you did it to me last week. It's just yeah. I've I've been a bit of I've been a bit of a twat and I've left it to the last question. But I'm in a bit of a desperate situation, aren't I? So you might, um, not, you might, you might right. So we played some who did we play? You played I'll, I'll give you hand. You played Japan, USA, Samoa, and South Africa. Japan, USA, Samoa. South Africa. Africa. Right, so I think <laughs> I think we only got one against South Africa and I think we got three against Samoa. So that's four. The problem is we got quite a few against Japan and USA. So I'm not going to be able to... I don't know, 14? Oh, you fucking twat. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Genuine guess. Genuine guess. All right, have you got a sudden death question? I have, but I think you'll know the answer to this one as well. All right. Are we, are we, yeah, we'll stay in the same, so I'll go first. So, uh, what was the score when you lost Australia in the group stage? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> I thought you'd know this. It was dead close. I think mean, there was like three points in it. Or six points in it. Mm-hmm. I only tend to remember Wales scores when we've won. Um, it wasn't massively high scoring either. 
Battered us. Battered us. Yeah, they were down to 13 men as well, and we couldn't get over the try line. Right. So I've I've had you off a bit here as well, but how many points did Scotland get during the pool stage? Another question you've given to me as well. How many points? Yeah, so in the table, the question that you give to me as well. I'm basically just stealing your question. So we've won three. Uh, so that's 12 in it. I think we got pumped by. Oh, I know this. I can do it because we only got two bonus points wins. And that was against Japan and USA. We didn't get, we only got three tries against US. Oh, the, I'm pretty sure South Africa pumped us. So 12, 14. Oh, fuck's sake. Just, but you give me two, two questions with the same answer. 14. I wasn't sure you'd get. Yeah, but. Did, did I think you were going to get the try scored right? No, I didn't. Oh, I'm not having this. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, no, yeah. I've just yeah. written. I've just written down swat massively. No. Three well down. You you owe a lot of punishments at the moment as well. But I'm still waiting for one. Yeah, we'll we'll, the, we should read them out. We'll do the same. We'll do the same for. Uh, well, I'll just use two. We'll, we'll use the best two. How's that sound? We'll use the best two and the ones we've been given recently. But today. All right, cool. Um, so, do you want to yeah, read some de- of them out? Devastated. Uh, I'm on my phone, so I can't. Oh, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, let me just go and grab my phone. One, one, of, them, one, of, them was, uh, one of them was sing the Scottish National Anthem and after every line, drink a shit whiskey. That's yeah. from, uh, your uncle Tony. That is brutal. Uh, is it doable? Potentially. I don't think you'd be able to get through it. Glitter, glitter my beard. I don't mind so, Yeah. So the ones I've got, I've just got my phone on. So one of them, Kev Little said, "Run naked around Asda." Yeah, on Kev. Uh, my missus, she's done two. She says uh, one of them's. Uh, put fake tan on half your face and go into work. And the other one she came up to is like put glitter on your beard. Um, one of my old bosses, uh, Bertie Bassett, said wear an England shirt and uh, down a plane. Great. I did reply to him and say you won't do that. Yeah, uh, it's a tough one, that mate. So. I'd have to down the pint. It'd probably be the quickest pint I'd ever downed. And take the shirt straight back off. Yeah. Um, you still okay. owe the egg. And, and the eggs are going to get done tomorrow. I thought I'd take as long as you did to do them. I'm going to track down them all in one. Uh, not in two in two goes. Horrendous, that. You look like you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, keep, keep, keep the ideas coming in. I've uh, been impressed with uh, some of the creativity. I will pick one. And then uh, if you keep them coming, I'll even suggest I'll do another one of them for this one as well. So I, I, owe, I owe two. I'm having a, a fucking mare. Uh, but, but thank you very much for all the feedback this is exactly what we want um, as well as thanks everyone we asked a question on Twitter um, over obviously the, the debate we had last week on who was Scotland's better player uh, Hogg or Russell and to be honest from the reactions we got it was Hogg uh, Mike will still stick to the Finns, the better player, which is. It was, it was, it was more it, of a fin. It was, the dancers tend to the be. Fins are, 
that Finn's probably a bit more skillful, but Hogs the more of a team player. I, I didn't read around that. I, I read it around that. Um, I read it around. A lot of it was due to attitude. I, I will give that. A lot of it was probably people's perception of him after what happened at the Six Nations. Uh, some of it was a lot of some of them. They they still think Russell's flaky for Scotland. There was a few of them, but all good. It's nice. To, it's nice to hear your opinions. So keep them coming. If it's something you're interested, in, we'll carry on doing it. We'll we'll drop um, we'll drop a sort of uh, a question there that can be openly discussed. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for everyone's responses. Um, yeah, it's a debate that could go on for a long time. Obviously, I say Hoggy says Russell. We're probably not going to change either. I, but I actually, although I think Finn Russell's a better player, I actually prefer Hoggy. Like as a et like. Like I'd say, like Hoggy is more of one of my favourite players for Scotland than Russell, but I do think Russell's just better. I think he's class. That makes oh. sense. But he's, none of them are Matt Scott, so it doesn't matter. It's definitely, it's definitely Brendan Laney's the better player. <laughs> the chainsaw. Uh, right, fabulous, good. Um, get in touch with us uh, about anything. Obviously, get in touch with us about the forfeits. Get in touch with us anything you want us to discuss. Um, obviously the season's coming back uh, a week on I think it starts a week on Friday but the Wales and Scottish teams don't play until the Saturday yeah. uh, and the Sunday um, so I'm guessing next week we're probably going to do a review aren't we we'll, yeah. do, we'll probably wait to see if the teams come out but we'll do a review of preview preview, not a preview, preview of, of the, the weekend we'll talk about uh, obviously the changes in the squads Glasgow's got a new coach the new signings, uh, there's new coaches. There's a lot of sign, a lot of signings in the Welsh team. So we'll probably, uh, we'll definitely discuss them, and hopefully we might do it a bit later to see if we can get the teams, maybe on the Thursday, so the teams get announced. So obviously we can talk about them as well, because uh, I imagine they might be uh, a little bit different now. Um, so that's the subject for next week. Uh, we'll try and get the pod out. So if we record on the Thursday, we'll, we'll try, try and get the pod, pod out on the Friday. Friday. Yeah, so you can obviously listen to what we think and disagree with us uh, or go to sleep either way. Uh, and then, um, yeah, we're good. Uh, get in touch with us. Carry on, get in touch with us on uh, Twitter, which is at DT Rugby Pod, all lowercase. And then we've got our uh, Instagram page and our Facebook page. We need to get a bit more traffic going to the Facebook page if we can. See what we can do there. Um, but yeah, get in touch with us with... Uh, any questions? Forfeits. Keep the forfeits coming in. It's actually quite enjoyable listening to some of them. I'll definitely do a few of them. Um, yeah. So, great. Thank you. Um, thank you for listening. And I hope you tune in next week. Enjoy your camping trip, mate. Hopefully you don't get drowned. Yeah, cheers, mate. Enjoy your overtime. Yeah, thanks very much, mate. Nail it this weekend. Nail it this weekend. Oh, right, okay, good. Thanks very much. And uh, see you next week. See you later, boy.